LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Now, Derek, can I just ask, what are you doing for Easter? So, you know, our Christmases have been kind of blown up. You know, I was in quarantine. You uh, had to stay in Brisbane and couldn't come to beautiful New South Wales at the, the cost of not being able to actually come back to beautiful Queensland and beautiful Brisbane. Uh, Easter, are you anticipating and, and hoping that you'll be able to spend it with family? Well, we haven't thought that far ahead at the moment because uh, I feel like we've only just survived um, Christmas and got through that. Our hope would be to see family at some stage over Easter, but again, with COVID and border restrictions, we're never quite sure what's happening. But with church for us, um, as we think through church and the opportunities there, Easter does provide a, a number of opportunities for us at the church I'm currently at because of the nature of the church. Um, and so, yeah, we, we are beginning to think through how it is we, we utilise our position within the community and the building we have, um, given, you know, our desire to reach people. So what about you? Yeah, we'll be sticking around. We uh, we always stick around during Easter. It's not a, not a time where we, we leave. Um, I love Good Friday and uh, and Easter Sunday at my, at my home church, uh, Vine Church in Sydney. One thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. And just to remind you, the last uh, 10 years, we've partnered with 100 churches across Australia. And I want to keep putting before everyone who's listening, uh, if you've got a heart for reaching the lost, our goal over the next 10 years is to see 200 more churches planted. So uh, our goal is to reach Australia with Jesus. And that's, um, I think, one of the key ways in which we're going to do it. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Easter 2021. So today we're talking about Easter um, and thinking through the opportunities it presents for churches, both to strengthen the the church community uh, that is and mature the saints there, but also to reach out to people who are in the community and use as an opportunity to uh, get people thinking into uh, uh, the the sin in you know in the world and the struggles with the world and the opportunity that Jesus provides to be right and be reconciled with God. So Scott, you're going to be helping us think through this today. And the question really is at this point, how does how does Easter fit within that kind of missional opportunity in Australia and the West? And does it anymore? Like, is it, is it even an opportunity worth uh, ploughing energy into? Um, what, do, what do you see? Just broad sweeps, first of all, and then we'll dig down. Are you seeing this across the board in Australia? As you talk, we've got contacts in the US that we work with in the UK as well, but you know, talk about Australia. Is this an opportunity we should be really digging into and you know, why or why not? Well, the NCLS survey will say that there are a number of people who are spiritual but not religious. Uh, so we, we see that, you know, generally across the board, when you do look at a, a sort of an attendance graph over the course of a year, you'll know that there are big spikes uh, at the start of the year, uh, generally around spring, but also at Easter and Christmas. And so there are a number of people in a community who will walk into a church, you know, Christmas and at Easter. And so they're big times. Now, I'd encourage you to look at your data over the last sort of 10 years, pull that out and, and work out, you know, which, which is bigger. So that'd be, that'd be the first the first mistake that a lot of church leaders make is actually not recognizing that Easter and Christmas are, you know, big points in the calendar for seeing uh, visitors and outsiders come, you know, come to our church. So 
you know, so keep those records and, and actually work out, well, is it is it families of people visiting and bringing their families along, you know, for church? Is it people in the local community who are, are coming and making their their one time? Now, often what, what takes place, I think, as well, is you get a whole bunch of Christians who, who go away on holidays at that point in time. And so uh, your numbers might not spike, but actually if you press into the detail, you might see there on that day, there are a larger number of first-time visitors um, or return visitors who you've got some sort of relationship with in the community. So first thing is uh, Christmas and Easter are big days in the life of church. Recognise that, but actually look under the detail and see and analyse who, who is coming. Uh, can I just push into that for a second? Because if you have, so you think of where I am, uh, it's near the city centre, beautiful old historic church. We ring a bell every Sunday. Um, and so people know we're there. And it is a place that traditionally people have come, even if they're not Christians, on Easter and Christmas. Now, that's not always true for every single, particularly church plants that meet. So that's the caveat. So there's the caveat. You've got you've got him before I've got the caveat. The caveat oh, is sorry. The caveat is often for new churches who, who don't have that traditional building or don't have that, you know, that long seasoned history in the local community, Easter and, and Christmas aren't, you know, those big times, particularly Christmas. Because uh, often your launch team, your core team, will go back to the home church because they've kind of got they've built that regular, you know, that regularity in, uh, of of going to going to church. So, so un, again, understand your data and understand your context. If you're in a traditional uh, bricks and mortar Anglican Presbyterian sort of Baptist church that's that's got a long term relationship in your community, uh, then Christmas and Easter no doubt will be big days of of, of members. And I still think, we'll pick up on this later, I still think there's significant things that, that church plants can do, no matter where they meet. you just got to realise you're probably not going to get the wider community. The people you're going to get are the immediate friends and family of the people in your church, which is generally where most of your growth will come from anyway. But that just does reshape how you do it slightly. Anyway, I've interrupted. You're on a roll. No, no, no. This is, this is good. This is good. I want you to, I, because because you're right, the church plant needs to be intentional. Um, and they need to they need to focus. So you know, on Good Good Friday, thinking about you know, is, is that a day of is that a day of mourning? Is that a day of um, you know, pausing and reflection? You know, so do you, do you actually make make that more an insider event and make uh, Sunday Easter Sunday the resurrection, the life that's found in Jesus? Do you do you use that as a big sort of celebration event where you know you have the food trucks in and the the jumping castles and and you get an opportunity to to, I guess, really differentiate yourself from maybe the local Catholic church, um, uh, you know, to say this is, a, this is a significant event in the life of our church. Jesus is risen. He is Lord. Uh, he has defeated uh, death and sin. Uh, and so let's, let's celebrate that. And we want you to bring your, your family and, uh, and friends. So definitely press in, have a think about it, but keep reflecting, I guess, is that first point on, you know, what the data is showing you. The second thing is uh, don't have Easter disconnected from your wider, you know, your wider mission plans. Um, so again, we've often talked about having a mission calendar in place, uh, building momentum over time by doing, you know, the same things, um, you know, regularly. So Easter, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, again, like every church service, you want to be doing that well. Uh, but particularly on this day, be you know paying attention to you know your welcoming systems, paying attention to the people that you're putting out front, and um, the the way that you're speaking about um, uh, you know speaking the gospel and uh, and and talking about uh, about Jesus on this day, particularly 
uh, it's really important because you've often got a number of outsiders there. Okay, let's go back to a comment you made before about the the Somba serious and the the joyous one. Uh, now I can't remember whether you said the jumping castle on the Friday or the Sunday. No, jumping castle on the Sunday. Oh, definitely on Sunday. Friday, right? yeah. Definitely Sunday. Jumping castle. All right. Um, now, what, how how does this shape? What, what's your thinking behind that? Would you recommend that? What have you seen work in churches? Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've seen it. Uh, so Church by the Bridge, uh, I, I went to Church by the Bridge for a number of years. Which and, is where? Yeah, which is where. So the bridge is the Harbour Bridge. And and one of the things I think we did really well. Sorry, which which harbour is that? Yeah, sorry, Sydney Harbour Bridge. There is only one <laughs> Harbour Bridge. I'm sorry. The, the bridges are nice in Brisbane, Derek, but they're not the Harbour Bridge. <laughs> well, I want to give a shout out to Kyoto, which is country New South Wales, which has the most bridges per square kilometre anywhere in Australia. So, well, I'm talking on. about the bridge, the Sydney Harbour Bridge. But uh, we, we did an early morning um, communion service, you know, an early morning Lord's Supper, uh, which was a really good reflective, you know, as the sun came up and, you know, beautiful backdrop. You've got the Opera House and the Sydney Harbour and everything else. Uh, but you it, 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 I, th I thought it was a really good opportunity to be be reflective and to um, not so much invite people to, but to use that day to pause. Uh, Vine Vine Church for a number of years, you know, used um, used Good Friday to you know to to recommit. You know, now we when you follow Jesus uh, and turn to Him, you know, you are saved. You are, but but it, it was a great opportunity to sort of actively. Re, you know, recommit to following Jesus for, for a year. Uh, and so that was a, you know, that was another uh, special day uh, in the calendar where, where we celebrated uh, Jesus' death for us uh, and recommitted our, our lives to following Jesus. Um, so I think those, you know, they're, they're two things that I found, um, you know, quite, quite helpful on Good Friday. And, and I mean, I, I do love celebrating the Lord's Supper and I often find in my local church, we don't do it regularly enough. And so, uh, you know, Easter, Easter, Good Friday is one of those occasions where we do uh, have the Lord's Supper, and mm. and so I'm, I, I guess I look I look forward to eating that meal together and remembering Christ's death for us. Yeah, we yeah I I really I love these times of years and the the opportunity to more deeply reflect on the things that we know and hold true to be all throughout the year. And one of the things we used to meet in a lecture theatre, you know, in the good old days, and what I, we used to have a service on Good Friday, which was a much more sombre, serious service. And we used to build the service and the aesthetics around that, darker lighting. Um, we would, you know, lead up to the cross and read the passage around the cross and a talk around that. We would get people to write on pieces of paper actually things that they are repenting of and thankful that reflecting on this sacrifice on the cross and then bring it down the front and we, I wanted to be able to drop it into a fire, but you weren't allowed to do that in the lecture theatre. So we ended up just doing it in a kind of, I can't remember what it was, but it was a powerful physical moment of connecting a spiritual reality with a, a physical truth. And what we found when we did it a couple of times is we did get people inviting their friends who weren't Christians to because they realised what it was. Mm -hmm. So even though we weren't a sandstone building, we would get those invites because people will realise something is wrong. And he was a moment to confront those things as well. And for us to tell them there is hope in that as well. This is not the end. Writing on a piece of paper, chucking in a fire doesn't make it go away. But uh, so I, I think there's ways in which you can get creative around. That. So, so there, there's, there's, you know, build, you know, building a regular practice. So you might do that one year, and it might, you know, might be just insiders, you know, nailing, nailing their piece to the cross. 
um, you know, sticking their post-it note on the cross and, and, but, and realizing, wow, I, I would have loved to have my friend come here. Um, and I would have loved to, to have my friend to see that, uh, you know, moment of actually saying, Hey, I'm, I'm a sinner as well. And I've, I've got stuff I've got to work out and I'm, and I'm working out and don't, don't think that I've, I've got it all worked out. So, so we, we often, I think at Easter, just to sort of push back into another mistake we make is, is to think that it's just an insider thing and not every Sunday you should be inviting someone to church, but you know, particularly here's a, here's an easy ask. Hey, we're celebrating this. This is really important in the, in the life of our church, you know, come along. Can you give some, just some principles? What, what should people be thinking through? We've got a, a number of weeks leading up to Christmas. So it's still time to, to build on and rethink. Uh, what would you be encouraging people to do or put in place now? So keep uh, keep talking about your next steps in church life. So if you if you're visiting this church and you're already a follower, you know come to our membership course. If you are not a Christian, then hey, we've got this course that's going to tell you all about about Jesus. So connect to your next steps. Or hey, if this has been really profoundly important for you, we want you to come back next week. You know that's the simple simple easy step. Easter Easter and and Christmas likewise are moments in time where you know advertising. You know our shops have got hot cross buns. You know, people are. We've got Easter eggs. We're we're aware there is a religious festival and ceremony going on in our you know in our uh, in our context. Uh, so there is an opportunity to, to actually let people know that your church exists. So I always talk about you want to be the church that people know they don't go to. So use Christmas, use Easter as opportunities to uh, let, you know letterbox the area to make you know make a you know change the signage at the front, make people aware. Uh, that you're here to, to tell people about Jesus. So you might spend money on social media um, and, and Facebook to post about those events. You know, you might just run a quick video that just says, "Hey, we're you know we're open at Easter. We'd really love you to come. You know, here's who here's who we are, and actually put a bit of money behind that. You know, as I said, change the signage at the front front door. Uh, you know, think about even just engaging your people to drop off. Uh, you know, notices. You know, as in you know, do a letterbox drop. The, the data on that is, you know, it's like one person in a thousand. But if you're regularly doing that, you know, then people do know that your, um, you know, church exists. Now, you might want to make Sunday a high point as well. So, as I said, I think Sunday celebrating, you know, people move from darkness to life. It's a great day to do baptisms and to, to celebrate, convert, you know, conversions. So, actually take that opportunity uh, to be having... Uh, those who have recently made decisions to follow Christ to be inviting their family and friends. And so making it a big, uh, you know, high point of uh, celebration in the life of the church. Can I ask on that one? How, how does that work? So I'm, the community is coming to church service where generally when people who don't come to church come to church on Sunday and for Easter and Christmas, all they want is for it to be as quick and painless as possible. How do you do that whole baptism thing, which you don't want to rush, in that context, I've I've seen it done really well by actually you know after the service. So so have your tight one hour you know service. Have your your tighter uh, sermon. You know twenty two minutes, not thirty two minutes or forty two minutes or fifty two minutes, depending on <laughs> depending on where you go to church, and and encourage people to stick around afterwards. You know afterwards we've got food. We're also celebrating, and we're going to be. You know, baptizing people in the in the backyard or in the back lane or, uh, you know, uh, in the church, and we'd love you to be part of this. You know, this is a great celebration. People love parties. <laughs> Some people love parties. Some people love parties. I just like sitting in a room by myself. Anyway, uh, talk the, at Easter and Christmas, you are going to get that higher attendance as well. How how can you use that 
for the church throughout the year as well, just thinking through uh, reminding them of what could be. Yeah, so so again, a bit like, you know, in a church plant, you launch, you know, you launch Sundays and your, your birthday parties. There are opportunities to say, wow, we had double the attendance we normally have. What would it look like if church was like this every week? Well, we'd need more teams. We'd uh, we need a big venue. We need uh, you know more more space to actually welcome these people regularly. So use them as those sort of you know vision setters to sort of say, hey, what would it be like if this was church every week? Wouldn't this be fantastic? Um, so again, take the opportunity to sort of remind people um, of those things. And I mean, it, it keep we've we've got to preach. Uh, I guess preach sin. Uh, preach judgment uh, and preach the you know resurrection, the power of the resurrection. So, uh, so, so bold, you know, can I encourage you to boldly preach, um, you know, preach both. Excellent. All right. Uh, Scott, what is the one thing you'd be wanting to say to people about Easter this year? Make Easter 2021 an opportunity to build momentum for Easter 2022. Brilliant. And you've got some tools to help us with that as well. What have you got? Uh, well, there's a great little article in the Gospel Coalition. Uh, so don't just prove the resurrection, but actually show me why it matters, uh, which is impo- really important. We want to keep pointing people to the historical uh, reality of the resurrection uh, and of the cross, but we also want to point out why it matters. The other thing, uh, you might want to jump on uh, Geneva Push's online resource library as well. Uh, they've, uh, we've got a resource from 2017 just looking at MBM's Easter campaign. Uh, a crack of an idea for Easter publicity. So check that out if you're looking for uh, various ideas. The other one is um, VCA, one of our partners, uh, Virtual Church Assist. They've got lots of resources around Easter as well. So jump on their website if you're struggling for ideas and engage VCA to help you with your uh, you know, promotion uh, and materials. Excellent. Well, that's all from this episode. If you want to dig a little bit more into Easter, you can go to episode 106 with our steward, which is preaching Easter online. We're not quite sure what Easter this year is going to look like across Australia and uh, the world. So that might be a good episode to dig into. But anyway, that's all from us from now. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.